eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, a.k.a. the NFL Chick. And I am Cordell Woodland, uh, Ravens beat reporter for 105.7 The Fan and host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan from 7 to 10 weeknights. So we are getting back. We're almost ending the preseason. Finally. We're getting, finally. <laughs> which means we are getting closer and closer to the NFL season, Cordell. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people, because the Ravens had so many issues um, last year in terms of injuries, that have to redeem themselves, for lack of a better term, in 2022. And... Both sides of the trenches, basically the offensive line, defensive line, have had their issues, um, and they are well documented. So if you had to say this line is going to have the biggest bounce back from what they did a year ago between the offensive line and the defensive line, which do you believe will have the biggest bounce back? Well, that's 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 a tough one. I mean, I I do expect if we're talking about the offensive line and the defensive line, I expect the defensive line to be better than the offensive line this year. I mean, we're you looking at it where the offensive line is still missing their all pro Ronnie Stanley. We don't know when Stanley will be back. I think it'll he'll be back uh before not, you know. I, I don't know if he'll play week one. At this point, I think it's in my mind, he's not going to be out there week one. That That's in my mind. We heard uh, Harb say the other day he'd like to see these guys for three weeks uh, before putting them back out there. Speaking of guys like Stanley and Tyus Bowser, 
um, but did say that he's open to kind of speeding them up if they're looking good enough. So potentially we could see Stanley out there, but I just, I, you know, I'm against making repeat mistakes and that would be a repeat mistake. It would be pretty much exactly what happened last year. And we saw what happened. He didn't even make it through the first game of the season and he was gone for the rest of the season and still hasn't returned. And we're in a new season right now. So <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I don't condone that. The Ravens have already paid Ronnie Stanley right now. So he's in a situation where he's not going to be back until he's ready to be back. So just in the offensive line and the defensive line, um, I think the defensive line will be better. They've added guys like Travis Jones. They brought back Michael Pierce. Um, I think certain guys I'm expecting to take a step forward. Hopefully Matt Abike is one of those guys. He he takes that step forward. But this offensive line has got uh, – while they're good, especially on the right side, I like the addition of Moses. You already have Kevin Zeitler. I like the Tyler Linderbaum drive pick. We still have to kind of wait and see with him, though, because he hasn't been out there either. Right. Um, and we'll, it, we'll get to see whether or not he plays on Saturday against the Commanders. That's a toss-up in my mind. I, I want to see him out there because he's a rookie. He hasn't played in a game yet. You want to see him get those snaps, even though it won't be to Lamar. You just want to see him do it in-game, at least give him a drive or two. Right. Uh, but with him coming back off an of injury, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens don't play him. Now, the left side of the line has his questions. Yes, uh, it does. You, know, you, you got to wonder whether or not Ben Powers is going to be able to, you know, man the left guard spot or Tyree Phillips is going to be able to do it. Uh, and obviously left tackle has major questions with Jawan James being over there right now in place of uh, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, so even to take it a step further, about you know which side of the ball I think is going to have a bounce back because I think both sides need that. Both yeah. sides were terrible last year, mainly because of injuries, no doubt about it. Um, but as I look at it this year, both sides have made their additions. Isaiah Likely looks like he's going to be a major addition to this uh, receiving group. Um, and it's a new-look receiving group as a whole with Bateman being the new number one, Hollywood Brown out, James Prochet, Devin Duvernay in. Demarcus Robinson added to this group. I know it doesn't mean anything today, but I think it'll mean something down the line. Uh, but on defense, I mean, they added Marcus Williams. Marcus Peters is back. Marlon Humphrey is back. Uh, they drafted Pepe Williams. Uh, they drafted Kyle Hamilton. You know, I mentioned Travis Jones. I, I feel like the defense is definitely reloaded as well. And if we're talking about who's going to have the biggest bounce back, bounce back between each side, I think the defense will because – they're going to have to. You look at their first five games, you go up against the Jets. The Jets have a really explosive young receiving group. Yes. Uh, that is going, you, you, the, the secondary is going to have to be on their toes. Um, they face the Dolphins week two in Baltimore. Dolphins might have the fastest receiving group in the league. Okay, you go to New England, that's not much, but Mac Jones had some games last year where it's like somehow he threw for over 300 yards. I don't know who he's throwing the ball to, but you gotta, you gotta respect the fact that they, that he can he's capable of doing it. And then right. you got the Bills coming to town, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, you know, and, and then week five, I mean, the Bengals are coming in on Sunday night, and we already know the receiving group that they have. So I, I felt like this defense and mainly the secondary. They're going to be forced to kind of get out to a hot start. They're going to be forced to kind of be the, the backbone 
of this team, so to speak. And even looking at the season as a whole, you look at this division. You know, I already mentioned the Bengals receiving group. That's two games right there. Right. The Steelers have revamped their receiving group, adding George Pickens uh, to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Najee yeah. Harris is a threat out the backfield. Pat Fryer moved at tight end. That's two games, two games right there. And while the Browns don't have the passing game of the other two, they have a dominant run game yes. uh, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt out there. So, you know, the defense, I think, is really going to have to be on their toes all season long. I think while the offense, I expect to take a step forward, they have to out of the outside of last year where they just couldn't score. They just couldn't score. Um, and a large part of that is because Lamar is not there, obviously. No right. J.K., no Stanley, no Gus. Um, I get it. And no Rashad Bateman for the first five games. But I, I just feel like if they're if the Ravens are going to be special this year, this defense is going to get have to get back to forcing turnovers, back to being a dominant run team. And this secondary, which we all expected to be elite this year, they're going to have to be just that. Yep. And I agree. I mean, listen, I, the defense has the most like like you mentioned they're they're challenged or they're going to be challenged already because of the, mm -hmm. the teams that they face early on and um that includes i think i don't know if you mentioned buffalo if you did i'm sorry that's week four buffalo and that's week four you know what i'm saying so the first five weeks you're dealing with a lot of um teams that even the ones that you don't consider to be threats like a Miami, but they have Tyreek Hill, right? Like the Jets, and they do have some good wide receivers, and it's a good chance that Joe Flacco is going to play mm -hmm. week one, and we know he likes to throw the deep ball. So there are going to be challenges for the defense. I do think that they have the um, – they could, can have the – they probably will have the biggest bounce back only because – there's so many questions on the offensive side of the ball. And you've already prefaced that. When is Ronnie Stanley? When is Ronnie Stanley mm -hmm. going to come back? You know, how is Lindenbaum going to play, you know, in a situation where he hasn't gotten many reps because he was injured and, and out for a couple of weeks? The left guard situation is still a question mark. We're still trying to figure out, you know, who is going to solidify their role uh, at that position. What are they going to do if Lindenbaum is not able to play? Which that's another, you know, conversation within itself. Who are you going to put at center? If if by week one you don't feel comfortable with him playing because he didn't have the reps. So mm -hmm. uh, add the fact that <clears throat> the wide receiver situation is what it is. Um, and look, the Demarcus Robinson um, signing, it's cool. You know what I mean? It, it adds depth um, right. and veteran leadership potentially, uh, right. which could take some of the pressure off of Rashad Bateman. But I don't know anything but i have outside of lamar jackson i have no idea how the There's rest no of guarantees other than lamar and mark andrews those are the only guarantees oh, yeah. that the offensive side of the ball has no doubt about it absolutely and that's the problem right it's like the running game is still a, a question mark we really don't know how that's going to work out because um we don't know if jk dobbins is going to be completely healthy which you know, it's safe to assume maybe he won't be 100% by week one. So that leads Mike Davis to do a, a lot of the heavy lifting. Who's going to be, you know, a third guy? Is it going to be Justice Hill? Is it going to be Tyler Beatty? I have no idea. There's so many question marks. But I feel like the offense needs to have the biggest bounce back because mm -hmm. the way that the season ended, 
um, with them not scoring offensive touchdowns um, within the last nine quarters of the season, man, you can't go into that five-week stretch and not find a way, you know, if, if, if you somehow get behind and get one and four, two and three, mm-hmm. particularly in the division that you're already in, forget the AFC conference, right, which is already, you know, a juggernaut on paper. If you're that behind already in your, you know, division, because you do play the Bengals week five, um, and then you coming into, you know, a, a do or die game at week five, right? Man, that's 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 going to be stressful. And I think that the offense, because this is an offensive league, I have to, you, you, I feel like the offense has to be the ones that we put the most pressure on to have the bigger bounce back because you have to keep up with these teams. Mm-hmm. If these teams are going to score, well, guess what? You got to score back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and like you said, as of right now, we only not got two guys, two that we know we can depend on. And everybody else is a crapshoot. As much yeah. as we like Isaiah Likely, as much as we think that Rashad Bateman is going to be the guy, we don't have a clue. If that's going to be the case. So, you know, is while I do think that the defense is in a better position to have a, a bounce back, I think it is more important for the offense to have a bigger bounce back. The problem is, is that they don't have the pieces in place right. at the moment uh, because there's some missing guys here and there in certain positions. So literally it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, and and if you if you think back to when the Ravens were like their last time that the Ravens were dominant, 2019, to go 14 and two, their formula was run the ball, uh, and, and hold the hold time of possession, keep the ball, you know, and and just really burn the clock, really just burning the clock is it was turned into a slow death, and this offense was crazy efficient when they threw the ball. And they were just you couldn't stop the run game. You you right. just couldn't stop it. And and in return, you got a team that scored a lot of points and dominated time of possession. And it almost was like the the offense was a part of the defense at that time because again, it kept the other team's offense off the field. Right. Um, that that's just as good as having a dominant defense, really. And then it helped that the defense at the time was so good at forcing turnovers. So you had the defense forcing turnovers and the offense eating clock and scoring. So, you know, it, when this when this team is at their best, both sides of the ball are good. Let's, mm-hmm. let's not get it twisted. Both sides of the ball are really good. Um, and I think while the offense has a lot of question marks right now, and you're absolutely right on that, they do. I think that they're in a situation right now to where if they're going to be good, I think they're going to be really good. Yeah. Like, I, I think, you know, while we do have questions about this receiving group, while we do have questions about this backfield and this offensive line right now, assuming that they're as, you know, if if, if, if we're talking best case scenario where Isaiah likely really does turn into be this surprise stud uh, and, and is immediately like a second or third option at worst third option. Um, and Rashad Bateman is like, the big body receiver that the Ravens needed and have been looking for. And it's just that receiver that can do everything. And you got Prochet, your slot receiver, and he's dependable. And yeah. Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson are interchangeable and you're still able to run the game, have the running game. You know, I think 
everything's a possibility. Everything's not going to go according to plan, but I do I do think everything is is a possibility. But I just feel like this defense is is going to be on them to yeah. to at least start because they're the healthier side of the ball right now. The yes. offense is still trying to get guys back. You know, the offense I think is going to take a while before they get to you know, get in a groove, get in a groove, because again, they're, they're still waiting for some of their key players to return. And I think some of them will, the defense is waiting for key guys to return to, but the defense is a lot healthier at this day and time uh, than the offense is. Although the losing Travis Jones, that's a blow. Uh, Harbs is saying three to five weeks. We'll see how long he's really out, but I, I was really excited to see him and, you know, him be that interior pass rush. I do think Michael Pierce has added that to his game a little more. I don't expect he's not going to be the the uh, uh, the type of pass rusher that I was expecting Travis Jones to be, but I do think Michael Pierce will be able to kind of help a little bit in the middle when it comes to the pass rush, and hopefully Matabike does as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, we will find out sooner or later <laughs> who is going to step up mm-hmm. um, to you know the challenges that. They face literally in 2021, and as of right now, it just it just seems like the defense is is getting themselves um, back healthier at a right. faster rate uh, than the offense. So you know it, it's safe to say that they'll have the quicker bounce back mm-hmm. than the offense. And again, I, I, I think the schedule is going to force them. To kind of get into a groove early, yep. you know, because if you if if defensively, if you're not going to be ready to play in those first five games, you, you know, it's, it's it's going to be sink or swim at that point. And and I I would bet on this defense to swim, but you know that's assuming that if they're healthy, I have no honestly, I have little doubt if they're healthy that they're going to be able to to hang with these teams that they have to play. I completely agree. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into our next topic, remember to subscribe to Winning Drive wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, Cordell, you talked about this on your show, Shaking mm-hmm. It Up Sports, and I wanted to bring it to the podcast because I, I think it's an interesting um, question. We know that the Ravens are probably going to be a tight end heavy set in 2022, which is very similar to mm-hmm. what we saw in 2019, which obviously is the year that Harbs won coach of the year and Lamar Jackson won his unanimous MVP of the year. If everybody comes back together and they're healthy, you got Ronnie Stanley at left tackle and you got, you know, um, Linda Baum at center and the running back situation is, is fluid, but in a good way. Um, and then the addition of Isaiah Likely. Do you think that the Ravens, particularly Harbs and Lamar, are in a position to repeat themselves for what they did in 2019 and getting said accolades as a result. 
I think they possibly could, to be honest with you. I mean, if you this and, and this isn't well, first of all, I can't I can't be called a homer because <laughs> I'm not necessarily a, a, a fan of the team. This is Correct. objective. Uh, but you look at last year. Um, when while last year was a forgettable year at the end of the season, it wasn't always that way. Um, up until that Miami game, Lamar Jackson was definitely in the MVP conversation. No doubt about it. Some yes. can make the argument he might have been the front runner uh, of the MVP conversation uh, yep. for the first half of the season last year. The Ravens were the number one seed in the AFC going into December. Yeah, Hobbs was definitely up there for coach of the year because he was winning despite all the injuries that they had already stacked up to that point. Yep. It's not out of the realm to believe that this team, when healthy, could repeat what they did in 2019. And that includes Harps and Lamar walking away with their own individual trophies. I think that their success is tied at the hip. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, if this team is going to be really good, that means Lamar Jackson is going to be really good. Yeah. Um, and by default, if Lamar Jackson is going to be really good, then that means that the Ravens are going to be one of the better teams in the league, if nothing else, the conference. And that's going to throw John Harbaugh's name into coach of the year, especially if they're able to bounce back off of what they did last year, losing the last six games down the stretch, end up finishing last in the AFC North, not making the playoffs. They can only go up, number one. And, and number two, I, I honestly believe you, you mentioned that they're going back to that 2019 formula. This is what, you know, where Lamar looked at his best. Uh, I keep saying, I, while we all have questions about this receiving group, I include the tight. It makes it easier in my mind to not separate the receivers from the tight ends because they're all one in this offense. Like it or not, it just is what it is. A, a tight end is considered a receiver in this offense. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to treat it as. Um, and if that's the case, the Ravens have one of the best, if not the best tight end in football. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that this dude can be guarded by anybody, to be honest yeah. with you, in single coverage. Um, they got a guy in Isaiah Likely that's looking like he's going to be a one-on-one -on -one, uh, nightmare as well. Um, I think Rashad Bateman is definitely going to be in line for a big year this year. Now, the offensive line is the biggest question mark. Uh, if the offensive line is going to be good, then Lamar is going to be great. If the mm -hmm. offensive line is going to be what we saw last year, we're going to get a Lamar Jackson that doesn't trust his O-line and that is looking to uh, immediately run off the snap or not really, you know, be able to look down the field because he's worried about who's rushing him at the time. But all in all, I, I do believe that if the Ravens are going to be really good this year, again, that means that Lamar was great and by default, I think Harbs is going to be in contention for the coach of the year uh, situation. Am I saying that they're going to go 14 and two again? I'm not saying that, but I do, you, you know. With that schedule, that will be hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they'll go 14 and two. I mean, this division has gotten tougher since they were in yes. 19. The Bengals are no longer a punching bag. You know, uh, I don't expect the Steelers to be anything great, but I, I just. There's something about them. I can't overlook them. I, I just coaching. can't overlook the Steelers. Coaching, they, they still yeah. have one of the better coaches you know, in the league in Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Exactly. You got the defensive player of the year and TJ Watt over there, Minka Fitzpatrick at safety, a loaded receiving group, a stud yeah. at running back. You know, uh, I, I, I can't overlook them. And even the Browns with all the chaos they have going on out there, you know, you just never know. 
This right. is the NFL. Um, it's any given Sunday. But I, I do believe that the Ravens are positioning themselves to get back to what worked for them a couple of years ago. I do believe that this we're looking at a Lamar Jackson that's super motivated. Lamar's talked a lot this offseason, more than usual, uh, shooting back at people. Lamar's gotten bigger. Um, he's, he's trying to get a new contract. You know, he, it's, a, it's a lot in, in place right now that I think is, if you look at the formula that's adding up, it tells me Lamar is going to be in line for a big year. I thought that initially anyway. I I, I just felt like after last year and uh, knowing how big, how important this year is for him and his career contractually, I was expecting a big year for Lamar. So if we're going to get a big time year from Lamar, I would expect Harbs to get that same type of recognition nationally. I, I agree. And I agree with you on the fact that, you you know, um, I, I felt like Lamar was going to come into the season super motivated. I've never even seen like Lamar have he was playing videos of his workouts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's done that in the past. I don't know. Something about this this year, this offseason was different, you know, and, and, and we know that he's added the weight on for himself and right. then like i said he was doing like like the the things that he was doing in his practice videos was was different he just it feels like there's a different type of motivation geared towards he's tired of hearing the same things he's tired of being used as an engagement uh you know sore uh, soaring post person mm -hmm. he's literally he's become a caricature in social media and in sports and i mean that in the sense of if you are having a down engagement day all you got to do is say Lamar Jackson and your engagement numbers straight go up to yep. the roof because it's easy. It, it's he requires that much debating and talking. And so he knows that he's aware of that. He's tired of hearing the stuff that y'all saying. And he like you said, I feel like there's some unfinished business that he feels like he missed because he missed, you know, the last quarter of the season. And there's the contract situation, right? Like. All of those things combined have me think, thinking that Lamar is going to have a good year, a great year, regardless of the fact that his wide receiving core, we consider to be, you know, not as fantastic as the others. But the, he, he, he's always going, he's Lamar Jackson. He's always going to make things go. And as a result, you know, his play, the players are, are, will follow along. I do think that the recipe of 2019 is a good recipe in that regard. And we talked about that on your show. In 2019, when they had the two tight end sets with Hurst and with Andrews, you saw so many mismatches. And I think that you'll get that same situation with mm. Isaiah Likely. I want to bring something up that I saw on um, Twitter real quick yesterday oh, by yeah. uh, Warren Sharp. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if you guys know, but um, the Dolphins tight end, Mike uh, Kosecki, he is on the trading block. Or, or they said that they are open to trading him. Now, right. I don't know how true that is, right? But, Probably. He's on, a, he's on a franchise tag, so I don't right. think they're going to give him the extension. I would. And so Sharp brought up, him being on the Ravens roster and running four verts. Hey man. Hey man, listen. I know that y'all we I know that we would love the wide receiver room to be a little bit more full, but if that tight end room looked like that with Andrews, Kasiki, and and um likely, and then the other guys, I still, you mm -hmm. know, you still got the Nick Boyles, you still got the Josh Olivers, Kolar, we still haven't even seen yet. Hey man. Get that man his MVP right now, cause cause the, 
three of those guys is like wide receivers anyway. So, and they, yeah, all they, they, they are, they, they are similar to wide receivers. I'll give you that. I don't know. I mean, I, it's, 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 a little too different. it's something, it's not going to happen, but I right. would love for it to happen. It would be fun. It would be super yeah. fun, you know, to see. And I, you know, it, it, it would take the pressure off of the inexperience of the wide receivers a little bit. That's that's how I would see it. And they would definitely never get the ball. <laughs> I'm going to tell you yeah. that now. They're Bain not getting the ball. They ain't Bain. getting the ball. <laughs> Crochet ain't getting the ball. Nobody's getting the ball but the tight ends because they're always going to be open. Uh, and, I mean, Jacecki is – he he's another Andrews too, another tight end that can run routes like a receiver. Yep. Uh, I mean, all three of those guys are pretty much cut from the same cloth to be yep. honest with you. I don't know how it will work. Uh, it's so it probably different. won't work. But it, it, you know. it, prob- it probably wouldn't, but in a sick way, it probably could. It just yep. wouldn't be pretty. It wouldn't be pretty. Um, you're well, not now explain that. Explain why you don't think it would be pretty. because you're not going to have any, you're really not going to have a burner. You're not going to have anybody that can really get behind the defense. Sure, you'll have a lot of big body guys that can attack the the intermediate and especially the middle part of the field, but and, and box out some corners and stuff like that. Like they'll have those mismatches, but the 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 threat of the deep ball will be gone. It, yeah. It'd be you, you know it, it'd be gone because you're flooding the field with tight ends at this point. Um, sure, you'd have Bateman out there who could sneak behind, but. I think you could play something like a cover four or something like that, a cover six that would just allow tell tell your safeties to just drop back, give don't allow anything deep, and kind of just cloud the middle area of the field. Everything yeah. can't be defended, obviously, you know. And I'm saying again, that's a lot of talent. Those guys could definitely make it work if they if they if they really tried, they could definitely make it work. I just don't know how how uh, appealing to the eye it'll be to to Ravens fans after a while when you see that you're having to just throw 15-yard passes at most uh, out there. But Andrews can run the whole route tree. Jaseki can run the whole route tree. I'm just saying, you're not going to have anybody that's going to, you know, you're going to be able to throw the 60-yard bombs to, like, that, that, that part of it. Is right th- there. It's, it, but he'd be the only guy you'd have to worry about. It'd be literally nobody else that you got to worry about running a deep route. So you know it's only one guy taking that route. That that that's that's an easy thing to scheme up against. For me, I I think I'd be able to scheme up against that. I mean, you know, I don't think that you would put them in in the situation every single. I don't think you got to put them in every formation. But look, you can switch your tight ends around because you still you know likely could sit this one out. But then the two you still got Kaseki, you still got Andrews. I mean, you can add you know. Robinson with with uh Bateman and you know I mean there's so many different ways that you could do it. I'm just you saying could. that one more tight end ain't gonna hurt. Asking for more receivers to now let's just give us more tight ends. Like I mean, <laughs> listen, that was the recipe for 2019. I'm trying to understand if it can't be stopped. I don't know why we we have to change it. That's what the, the old adage is, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's yeah. what they say. So that, my that, thing that is, is, is that if the, if we expect Harbs and Lamar to to have repeat awards, you got to go back to what was working. And I don't care 
I don't care if you know my hand. It's about the way that the hand is played. It's always mm. about the way that the hand is played. And no so in, in that regard, it's like, you know, I, okay, here it is. So now what? You got to stop me. At the end of the day, you got to stop me. And that's that's the bottom line, right? So, you know, I, I, I think we both agreed. I, I'm playing with the... Just like you think, I know that's not going to happen. Yeah, it was just fun to think about right. because we and, do know that he's on the trading block. And and the Ravens himself, just knowing the Ravens, it shoots down the opportunity for that to happen anyway because the Ravens aren't paying anybody. Exactly. And Zach is on the block because he's looking for a new deal. So right, anybody that's <laughs> for a new contract, you can immediately eliminate them from the Ravens, uh, at least until Lamar gets his deal. Nobody else is coming into Baltimore that needs a new contract before Lamar Jackson gets I his. agree with that. That's very fair. That being said, I do think that going back to the basics, and I don't mean basic like basic, but going back to what works will mm -hmm. help them both no um, campaign for, you know, having um, a, a repeat success. Uh, in terms of, you know, being acknowledged as, you know, one of the greater players in the league and one of the greater coaches in the league. And I think that they are aware of that. And I think that that's a lot of what we'll see that they do in 2022. And I, and I, another piece of that is that I, Greg Roman, I believe, is on the hot seat big time. So you talk about going back to a work. Is he really on or, or is, is he, is he on the hot seat he by us or is he, is he really I, on the hot I, seat? I, I, I think on both sides. I personally, I believe he's on the hot seat with us. And after last year, we were, I was surprised that Wink was the one gone before Greg Roman is, I, I think you? I, I really was. I think, I think Wink did himself in because Wink just did not change at all. And I think Wink is a stronger personality than Roman. Wink's not necessarily the yes man that I believe Roman kind of is. Um, and I'm not saying that Roman's a yes man. I just feel like Roman is more of a guy that's going to hold his tongue and Wink's not. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in the combination of Wink not changing his style up down the stretch and not knowing when to shut up probably. And, you know, when the coaches got a problem with him, uh, got him out of here. But there's no doubt in my mind that I believe that Greg Roman is, is is do or die for him because how many years can you allow yourself to see the same thing over and over and over again uh it, it's it's like you talk about going back to what work i think roman's going to go back to what work which goes back to 2019 as well because he's got to be able to put something out there that is going to be different and something that's going to work um yeah. and and for that for that to happen, for him to be at his best, he's going to go back to what to what terrorized the league, and that was what he did in 2019. I completely agree, and so I I, I have to assume that if that's the case with the the pieces in place, both of those guys, John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, will succeed and potentially be in a consideration um, in their respected categories. Okay, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the Winning Drive podcast feed. So every time you get a new episode, you'll get the, the notification that we, we live again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ravens play your commanders because I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you claim them. 
Yeah. <laughs> Did you clean your throat though? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm barely, I'm barely claiming them these days, but I, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. We'll see what happens. I'm there I, still. You know, my thing is, is that I'm. It's, this is very hard for me to um, do a preview of because you had mentioned that the commanders are going to start their starters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we know that the Ravens more than likely are not mm-hmm. going to start their starters, which means that potentially they feel like they, meaning the commanders, feel like they, they need much more work um, yeah. to be done. Um, we've heard some things about Carson Wentz. It's been a lot of inconsistencies there. Um, Chase Young will not be available um, he's still battling, uh, coming back mm-hmm. from an injury that he sustained last season. So um, this is a little hard for me to to say, okay, this is the breakdown because there's going to be potentially be number one guys playing against right. second and third stringers, basically. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I wouldn't expect – I still expect the Ravens to win, <laughs> to be really? honest with you. And that's I really, really would like the streak – by the way, I want the streak to win. I mean, to to end. Excuse to end? Me. Yes, I wanted to end. Huh? You sure? Yes. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it feels like it is consuming the conversation of winning as opposed to, like, knowing what's going on in a situation of why they're winning. Like, it feels like we're having that conversation but not talking about how guys, you know, are playing. I don't care about this preseason record. I don't. It doesn't matter. I, now, I, are the guys playing well? That's really all I care about. Well, if you're winning, that means they probably are playing okay, well. Okay, fine. I get that, right? And I completely understand that logic. I get it. And I am a person that does believe that, okay, in the sense of, like, it really means, you know, are is your organization better at finding depth as opposed to another organization, right? Mm-hmm. So in that regard, the win-loss record matters, but it doesn't matter, but yet we're still talking about it. I guess that's the part that I'm like, yeah, but I well, don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> I, I, I think everybody would appreciate a 22-game win streak as opposed to a 22-game losing streak. In the, I mean, in the I, listen. The co- if you listen, haven't won a preseason no. game in Cordell, years. No, I'm really? going to argue this because I can, re- there was, I can remember when the Colts, used to have Peyton Manning mm-hmm. and they was going 0 and 4 every right. preseason. Guess what? Right. They was in the playoffs every year. I do not yeah. care. I'm yeah. here to tell you I don't care. So I even in care. those games that they lost, you could you honestly say sir oh yeah these guys look good if they're getting if they're losing every now a big part of that is be that they lost is because Peyton Manning is not playing in the preseason. And yeah, he might have played said, in like the first preseason game, and then that was, yeah, and that might have been. Like, I think it says something that the Ravens can go out there with their backups and beat teams who are playing. There's now the Cardinals haven't played their starters. Uh, the Titans didn't play their starters, so we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, I, I do. The Commanders are definitely going to play their starters. How long? I'm not sure. They played them a half against Kansas City last week. I think Rivera said that they're going to play probably like a quarter and some change okay. uh, this Saturday against the Ravens. So, you know, they're going to be able to get a, get a nice little feel against the starters. But the Ravens have, you know, I, I think in their case is different. Tyler Huntley's out there. Um, and I think we all do want to see what Tyler Huntley can do. And we've been Absolutely. able to see that so far. He's been really good. 
Um, yes. He's been a real, he's been a huge part of the reason why they've won the games yes. that they've won so far this year. Um, and even last year, um, Isaiah Likely obviously has been dominant. You I know. really would like not to see Likely anymore. I, I, I know I he's going to play. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. Like, because he's still a rookie. You, you know, know he's, still, he's still a rookie. Now, I don't need to see him get eight catches and 100 yards again necessarily. But that's the offense. Right. I, I truly believe that's just the offense. It's not like, okay, we're. I don't think they make up their mind like we're going to just throw the ball to Isaiah Likely. It's, it's just what they do. It's just what the Ravens do. <laughs> you know, if, if, whether it's Lamar back there or Tyler Huntley, yeah. whether it's Mark Andrews out there or Isaiah Likely, it doesn't matter. It's going to be heavy quarterback to the tight end in this offense. Um, but I, I, I think you have gotten to see guys like Pepe Williams flash. You've gotten to yes. see Travis Jones. You've gotten to see Malik Harrison. You've gotten to see Josh Ross. You know, I, I think we have seen some guys, we, we can kind of tell who's looked good, who hasn't, even if you want to mention Riley Webb, he's got a touchdown in both of the games. Yeah. Okay, I'll allow it, you know, um, and not ever, and it's been some moments we can still tell that Jawan James stinks at left tackle. You could see that even throughout I them. I think he's inconsistent, but he's had some, he, he's had good things and he's had bad things. A lot of bad. Uh, he's had a lot of bad. I, I I think I think once we get to week one, and we have to see Jawan James every play, and, and I'm under the. I had a caller yesterday. I had a caller on my show, call in and say he believes that when it's all said and done, that when we get to week one, that more Morgan Moses is going to be at left tackle, Makari's going to be at right tackle, and. I don't, I'm going to say, I don't believe that'll be the case because I have not seen them do that, but. You haven't even seen them try it. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't seen them try it. But I will say that they, the fact that they have gone into both of these preseason games and have gone with Ben Powers at right guard and uh, Tyree Phillips at left guard each time in these preseason games gives me the, at least allows for the thought of the possibility for Morgan Moses to go from right to left uh, and Makari go to right tackle to start the season because they're not practicing Ben Powers, that, that lineup together, at least not often, where Ben Powers is at right guard and Ben Powers is at left, uh, and then Tyree Phillips is at left guard. If Ben Powers isn't at left guard usually in practice, then Ben Powers is at center. He's not really going over to the other guard spot a lot in conjunction with Phillips. Now, Phillips has played the guard. He's played the tackle as well. So they've mixed and matched a little bit. But it's it does say something to me that when they get into these preseason games, they're going with Powers at right and Phillips at left. So it does allow the possibility for them to just pull the okey-doke and just switch it up on us because – I find it hard to believe that they're pleased with what they're saying at the left tackle spot. That's just me. I I, I, I feel it hard to believe that they're, that they like what they're seeing over there, especially if they're going to have to go with that for a couple of games. I don't, I don't see how that's sustainable. <laughs> I, I honestly don't like, I think that they're going to be in some real trouble on that side of the ball. I want to get back to a point that you believe that even with the fact that the commanders are playing th their starters, we don't know how long, but they're going to play at some point. Mm -hmm. You feel as though they're still the Ravens are going to 
continue their consecutive pregame yes. streak. Why is that? Why? Well, what What is it I about mean, the Commanders that you feel like is not going to keep up with what the Ravens are doing? Well, well I mean, personnel. They haven't, well, number one, they haven't won a preseason game yet this season. Uh, there's the starters have played in both of them. They played a half last week against Kansas City, and all. All Patrick Mahomes did was throw two touchdowns on on the defense, and I don't think that the offense had a, a, a the starting offense had a touchdown in that game uh, last week. I don't think the offensive the, the starting offense has a touchdown all preseason. Um, so wow. I think that the offense is still trying to get it. The offense is still a work in progress right now. Carson Wentz is still trying to figure out this offense. He's still trying to get his connections with the receivers. Um, I think that this that the commander's offensive line isn't going to be as good as a lot of people think. Uh, you lose Brandon Sheriff, who's an all pro guard uh, to, to Jacksonville that when you lose an all pro, your old line immediately gets worse. And you don't yes. and we, we, an we found that out. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't lose an all pro and get better. It doesn't make sense. But there are. Delu- Commander's fan base is super delusional. It's a part of why I'm trying to separate myself. <laughs> it, it, it's a lot of delusion in that fan base. And some of those people weren't Brandon Sheriff fans, and they believe that Sheriff being gone helps. Charles Leno is now the best offensive lineman for the Commanders. If you don't know who Charles Leno is, I don't blame you, you know, because <laughs> why would you? Why would you? Um and the defense, the defense, the, the best part about them is the pass rush. Chase Young not being there. He starts yeah. the season on a reserve pup list. He's going to miss at least the first four games. You do still have Montez Sweat. You do still have Deron Payne. You do still have uh, Jonathan Island. So that's the, that's the part you got to worry about. That's going to be where the commanders went on yep. Saturday. They're going to dominate the trenches. I don't expect to see a lot of the, you know, uh, now they do allow the run a little bit. But I expect to see them kind of pushing that offensive, pushing the line of scrimmage back. I want to see how Huntley handles yeah. being under some real pressure for the first time this this preseason. Because yeah. I think that the, the that's the one thing the Commanders are going to do. They're going to they're going to send some pressure, yes. um, and that's just what they're front for. Um, but outside of that, it. It's a, it's a lot of depth issues on that team. The secondary is still a work in progress. The defense has looked really bad all preseason. And a part of me really wants the Ravens to go out there and slaughter that first thing. <laughs> because I want Jack Del Rio fired. I want him gone. Um, and I thought he should have been fired last year. Dust and up Del Rio. We like and, to call him Dust up Del Rio. Yeah, it's a lot of things we call we call Del Rio. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, but it, 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 hopefully it's former defensive coordinator for the Commanders pretty soon. But yeah, I, I just think that the Ravens are riding a heater right now. They're a better coach team. Uh, they're a, a team that I think their backups are just as good as Washington starters. To be honest with you. You know, I don't know if if there's a starter on Washington's defense that can guard Isaiah Likely. I don't think there is, especially not at the (laughs) linebacking group. They don't have coverage linebackers. Jamin Davis has been better this preseason um, than he was last year in his rookie year. But even that, I mean, he's not nothing to write home about right now. Again, I'm a little further away from the team than I have been in years past. So, I haven't necessarily kept my eye on them as much as I usually do because I'm around the Ravens a lot now. 
but just from what I look, the little I have watched of this team, I do know some guys that cover the team. Um, so I still, you know, stay up, try to stay up to date by talking to them. But this is just not a command. I think that this is a commander's team that's still a work in progress. They're still trying to figure things out. Antonio, the, the running back position has become an open battle for them. So Antonio Gibson, who fumbles a lot. Yeah. He fumbled again in the first preseason game. Brian Robinson, the rookie running back from uh, Alabama. He's kind of he's looked really good. So I think he's he's kind of the guy that everybody's looking for to be the new running back. Uh, for them. So that'll be something to watch. I think he's going to be a guy that could give the Ravens some problems in the ground game. Jahan Dotson, rookie receiver out in Washington. Ravens are going to have to cover him and Terry McLaurin for at least a quarter. So that, you know, whatever secondary they put out there, they'll they'll get tested. Yeah, Yeah. they'll they'll be tested. Curtis Samuels back. They got some speed. Uh, They definitely got some speed. So it'll be a nice little test for the Ravens as they start the season because the Jets, have a lot of young, speedy receivers. The Dolphins, a lot of yep. speed at receivers, so forth. Obviously, the Bengals do uh, as well. So that those are the 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 offensive line, defensive line battle, and these receivers versus that Washington secondary, which struggles a lot. Uh, well, now I'm sorry, vice versa. The Washington receivers uh, versus the Ravens secondary would be something to watch. Those would be the main two things I'm looking at. All right, Ravens and Commanders play at MT Bank Stadium uh, Saturday, August the 27th. Final preseason game. Finally. You hear it from Cordell. Doesn't care if the starters is going to play. Thanks the Ravens are going to find a way to win and continue this consecutive preseason streak. And we have to keep talking about it yes. because that's what y'all like to do is talk about consecutive preseason wins. Well, we so. don't talk about the preseason in the regular season. Once the regular season starts, it's on to that. But then, the well, yeah, I would hope so. At least it gives us something to talk about. What else? What What else would we be talking about right now? I'm I'm worn out. Actual worn players, out. maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like you know. I mean, give us- the, the 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 players, I, I think we know who's who. Yeah. At this point, I think I think we know who's a baller right now and who's not. Now there's yeah. some guys like Kyle Hamilton that we're still kind of waiting to see a little bit on. Um, but for the most part, I think the Ravens guys who are who we really believe to to expect who we really expect to make an impact on this team this year. I think we know who those guys are right now. And that and that's at least the good part. That's what a lot of teams use. The preseason for that's what Washington's using it for right now. Washington literally needs the preseason right now. They're still trying to figure a lot of things out. I don't think that the Ravens are in that mode right now, which is a good thing. Yeah, I completely agree. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Winning Drive podcast. Remember, uh, after the preseason game, the final one, final cuts are on August the 30th. And Cordell and I will be talking about the final 53-man roster next week. So enjoy the final preseason game. We're getting very, very close to the regular season. This is Winning Rides.